Welcome to FinTech in Focus. I'm Ron Nahum. This bi-monthly podcast will explore B2B payments and AP in the age of automation. As electronic payments gain traction with more AP teams working remotely, there's a lot to talk about. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions. Please email us at podcast at invoicepay.com. For this first episode, I managed to get a few minutes with Josh Cyphers, the president of Invoice Pay, a fleet core company. Before he became president, Josh oversaw financial planning and product and strategy at Invoice Pay. Prior to Invoice Pay, he held leadership roles at Microsoft, Nike, Fiserv, and several growth stage technology companies. We started off by talking about that experience. Then we discussed a wide range of other payment industry topics. Here's Josh. So I'm a former CPA, started my career out early on in, in accounting, getting my CPA license. I then moved into enterprise software and spent most of my career um, in various roles in enterprise software, supporting sales and marketing strategy and, and operational functions. Uh, spent 10 years at Microsoft in the enterprise and partner group. So really understood the Microsoft go-to-market and kind of how they built their solutions and marketed their solutions for the enterprise. I've also spent quite a bit of time at Fiserv, so I understand the fintech space. Um, worked at a company called Carillion before it was bought by Fiserv, and we did online banking. So I have quite a bit of experience with, with accounting, with accounting functions, but also with enterprise software and how enterprise software can solve some back office problems, which made Envoice Pay a perfect fit for me and was one of the big reasons why I came to work at Envoice Pay and, and very excited to be here. As the economic crisis coming from COVID ripples out incrementally, how have best-in-class remote payment solutions had an effect? It's a good question. So there's both kind of the economic consequences of the pandemic, but there's also the the need for remote work. And traditionally, AP teams at most organizations and in general weren't designed around a remote work concept. AP is very much about having proper internal controls and security and, and compliance standards that are all designed around on-premise or, or, or physical, pre- physical on-prem um, activity, um, things like filing cabinets, working um, throughout the process, checks and validations. As an example, having the CFO sign a check before you send it out, you walk down, you hand the envelope to the CFO, they sign it, and then you send it out. All the con- A lot of the controls in the traditional accounts payable was never even contemplated to be outside the physical walls of most, of most companies. So to take your AP team and now send most of them remote, Really what it's resulted in is AP teams need to, needing to cycle um, different people on the team into the office every week or so. So we've heard a lot of people are just sending in a couple people one day and a couple other people another day. Um, and, and, and so what that's led to is a real um, sharp demand in, in any kind of online payment automation or AP automation software uh, that can help assist maintain internal controls while, while enabling their employees to work remotely which is a bit, bit of a tricky challenge in accounts failure. How have B2B payments evolved through the age of checks? And why does the real future of payments not include checks? Yeah, so checks have traditionally had a really strong uh, foothold on B2B payments. Uh, I think they've been around long enough. Um, there's lots of internal controls designed around check payment. Like I mentioned, the CFO's check signature. A lot of the banks have d- done things like watermarks and and, and, and positive pay and positive payee to put their own controls around check payments. So, you know, the security is not just within the AP team, it's also taken on by the banks and the bank networks. 
Um, so checks are a very comfortable way to send payment. They're also convenient in that when you send a check or receive a check, the remittance and the information of where that payment needs to be applied, the cash application is right there on the physical check payment. So it's really easy to understand this amount is for this invoice. Um, getting away from that has some complexities, but it also has its advantages. But we, because of the complexities and because the kind of history and, and, and kind of embedded controls that the, the industry has put in place for check payments, we've seen a really slow transition to electronic payment methods. I think today, some of the research suggests that the majority, if not half, of B2B payments are still made by check. Um, again, because of the convenience factor and just kind of the, 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 the history and familiarity people have with checks. But what we've seen in COVID through some of the research we've gotten our hands on is that there's been a significant shift. So over the last 10 to 20 years, the percentage of check pay payments has been slowly declining. But I would say in the last year, just because of COVID, it's taken an accelerated leap, almost, I think, 10 points off the check mix. So if we were doing 50% in checks before, companies are now doing 40% which is the single, um, I know it doesn't seem like much to go from 50 to 40, but it's the single largest leap in the decline of check payments that, that we've seen. And we expect that trajectory to just accelerate as companies find solutions and find ways to get more comfortable with this electronic payment method, because there really are benefits and advantages to the, the digitization of, of, of paying your bills. It's just hard to get there. And so until you see the solutions in place, until you've been exposed to them and you see your your colleagues at other businesses doing it, you might be reluctant, but once you see it and you see it work and you see it work well, then you realize the benefits and you don't want to turn back. So you'd say that many AP teams have seen the writing on the wall over the past few years, but more of them are acting on it now. It, yeah, there's definitely been a need to, to do more electronic AP processing and checks is one of those paper-based processes that, are, that have always just kind of lingered around and been one of the kind of the last bastions of transformation and one of the other things that's really pushing it isn't just the AP teams, but now you have all the corresponding AR teams at your suppliers or your vendors who are saying, we can't accept check because we would have to send people into the office. So we need to, you to start paying us by ACH. So what AP teams are seeing is a greater demand for electronic payment because the suppliers no longer want to accept check payments and process those things manually. Why are companies now paying attention to the idea of a payment strategy? I think a lot of it has to do with just the need to transform in a time of, of, of uncertainty and in, in, in a time of urgency and, and really, um, you know, this, this crazy time where you have economic conditions and difficulty managing costs or the need to manage cash, as well as the need to digitize and, and move to more automated systems that are accessible really from anywhere to enable your employees to be remote. I think when you do that and you start to go down this path of electronic payment enablement, you really have to think of it more in the terms of a holistic payment strategy. It's not simply to just hit select print check or change your print check selection in your AP software to ACH and expect it all to just flow through, right? There's a lot of back-end work and a lot of real internal controls and security measures that have to be taken when you do it. Because what's been taken care of on check isn't necessarily all figured out and taken care of on ACH or on card. And so there's a whole other set of implications involved when you start transforming or going into digital payments that you need to account for and need to consider. And a lot of companies just haven't really matured that aspect of their AP. And how does the supplier experience relate to that strategy? Again, like it's nice to get a check as a supplier, especially if you have a lockbox system in some bank doing your cash application for you, but all the information, it's simple, you know, it's secure, you know, you're going to get it. 
It is slower, so the suppliers would probably like to have their cash sooner. But the remittance is right there. You know how to apply the cash. It's it's kind of a common, acceptable way that you're you've just grown accustomed to as a supplier or as an AR department um, to receive payment. So when you get an ACH, all of a sudden you get some email with an attachment might get caught in your spam filter. You don't necessarily know what it's for, but then the next day you see some amount land in your bank account. That's the experience of ACH. Much more disconnected, much more difficult to reconcile and apply cash and to know what falls where. If your AR team even has access to the cash account, they may not see the transactions in your bank account. So there's a lot of complexities and, and, and difficulties, and it's just a different way to receive payment and remittance. And so enabling suppliers to be able to easily consume the remittance information and, and be able to easily reconcile back what lands in their bank account with what their, 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 what invoices are getting paid is a really important part of the overall experience. What's the current situation with payment fraud right now, and how do you think it's changed? So I think payment fraud's really taken a shift over the years. So the trends we've seen over the last 10, 15 years has been that check payment fraud has really dropped off. So there's been a steady decline in check payment fraud. Again, the banks are doing a lot of putting a lot of securities and controls in place. A lot of companies are putting more controls in place. You have positive payee, you have watermarks. You have a lot more kind of protection on a check payment than you did in the past. And so, you know, the overall network and the system and, and teams have really figured out how to control and protect check payments. And so over time, we've seen check payments drop off in terms of fraud instances. That said, it's still the highest, but it's steadily declined over the last 10, 15 years and, and pretty rapidly. Meanwhile, Virtual card payments have also declined. So the, the fraud on card payments and on credit has declined as, as, as the card networks and, and, and companies have put more controls in place for card payment. But overall payment fraud instances, if you look across all payment methods, has actually been increasing probably for almost 10 years now. Hmm. And the reason that is, is because of this transformation to electronic payment, primarily around ACH and wire. And the, the sophistication of these bad actors who have learned how to through social engineering, have learned how to hijack emails, have learned vendor email compromise schemes where they can pose as your vendor or hack your vendor system and then make, make it appear as if they're actually the legitimate vendor. All of, all of those kind of mechanisms um, aren't as sophisticated. The protection on those isn't as sophisticated as it is on check or card. And so really you have this ACH payment fraud that's kind of like outpacing the declines in the other payment methods, plus the increased adoption of digital. So with this acceleration in COVID and more people going to electronic kind of for the first time or maybe not as sophisticated a way as, as they should or with as much kind of insight into what kind of payment fraud risk they're opening themselves up to has really opened the doors for bad actors. And we've seen that even happen before COVID. We saw, we've seen it happen over the last few years. There's some good research and good studies out there to show what's been going on and, and how some of these people um, are manipulating systems and manipulating your AP staff to update bank account information before big payments go out. And so, you know, the, the FBI is running down a path of, of, of looking at all these business email compromise schemes that, that bad actors have imposed on the AP teams. And so it's really kind of wild west right now. And I would say that the hackers and the, 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 the bad actors are more sophisticated right now than the internal controls and the network in general. And so it's an area of concern. It's definitely, and with COVID and in any other certain times, you see more of these these types of folks pop up and try and do more of these kind of activities. So in this economic climate, these difficult kind of COVID times, and then again with everyone working remotely, there's an increasing trend in, in payment fraud risk, especially around electronic payments. 
Invoice Pay did some research about how many companies are considering automated payments, correct? Yeah, so actually Fleet Corps, Comdata, and, and us um, worked with a, a major card network provider and, and had an, a third-party firm go out and contact hundreds of CFOs, controllers, and heads of finance um, to ask them like where they were in terms of like considering payment automation. 85% were either evaluating, considering, or currently implementing payment automation. This was before COVID. So it just gets back to the point we were talking about earlier, right, where companies see the need to digitize their payments. And it's great to see that they're not trying to do it on their own, but they're actually looking to a third party or to a solution provider who has the expertise, who has the controls, who can help them through the process, because it is more complicated than it might seem on the surface. Give me like the top three problems that companies have with their AP that automation solves. I mean, one of the things with accounts payable that always pops up is just, it's a back office cost. It's a necessary evil. It's it's something that, that companies really want to try and manage and mitigate, especially when they're growing to make sure it doesn't have this disproportional increase in cost. So there's always this need to create operational efficiencies. So you're not just having to hire body after body to take care and, and manage through the manual processes. So there's always this need to not necessarily reduce costs, but at least minimize costs and increase operational efficiency so that the people you have can do more value-added activities. That, you know, that's first or second. And then the next one that's a very close second, if not first, is also around reducing payment fraud risk. And really, cash is your most liquid asset, AP sending it out real time. Um, once it's out the door, it can be incredibly difficult to get back if it's not done the right way. Um, so you know, reducing payment fraud risk is definitely on, the top, on top of mind for most CFOs. It, again, it is the most liquid asset, and, and, and quite frankly, it could be one of the most challenging things to try and recover on or, or try and recover from. And it's one of the things as a former CFO myself that kind of kept me up at night was making sure that our payments are going to the right vendors at the right time. And whenever we got a call from a vendor saying, hey, where's my payment? Two or three weeks after we thought we sent it, our hearts would sink. Like we just knew that was a bad call to get, right? Most times I've only had one instance, but most times it was just communication error, went to the wrong address or wasn't the right amount or the remittance was incorrect or whatever it was and we could fix it, right? There are those occasions and it happens quite often actually um, where you realize it went to the wrong person or one of the bad actors. The third thing I would say is really, you know, around visibility and control. And again, it's protecting that most liquid asset of yours. So knowing where your cash is going, knowing how much you have, the cash management around it, and making sure your working capital is sufficient, especially in difficult economic times. I would say those are kind of the top three problems that a good AP automation and payment automation solution can help solve. Many companies think they're fully automating by taking in ACH and paying that way. In broad strokes, what are the pitfalls for companies that manage their own ACH? Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit before, right? There's definitely the supplier experience, the cash application on the AR side, being able to tie that remittance back to the amount that drops into their bank account and making sure they're getting that remittance information and they understand what those amounts were for. So that's definitely part of it. And a lot of times what those AR folks will do is they'll engage your AP teams when they don't know, and your AP teams will spend time on the phone trying to help them walk through the cash application. You don't want your AP teams doing cash application for your suppliers. It's a very costly endeavor. You know, the other part is really around the controls and, and, and the security associated with ACH that aren't necessarily all in place by the banks, by the networks, by Sarbanes-Oxley and, and all of those sort of things, although they are making improvements that they have in place maybe for check payment. 
And, you know, I always think of just signing the check as one of the major controls of a check payment. It's required in every check that's sent out in cash, right, as a signature. You don't have that concept with ACH. Once it's sent, it's sent. Nobody actually has to physically sign it. And so there's just a lot of controls like that that aren't necessarily around or in place or that people have all kind of solved for and figured out on ACH payments that they have for check, given the check's been around for so many years. Invoice Pay invests in fully staffed support teams in order to help AP teams make their employees more successful. So in that context, why are people important in payment automation? Well, I think any anything you do in accounts payable, and this really kind of holds true for almost any back office process. If everything runs according to plan or, or within the context and properly within the context of your process and, and whatever you've set up, there's very little effort or manual intervention involved. It's the 5, 10, maybe 20% of exceptions that cause all the work. And so there's the 80-20 rule, just as applicable in accounts payable. 80% of your staff time is going to be spent on 20% or less of your payments. And so it's managing those exceptions. Exception handling is a big deal. And no matter what you do, no matter what system you put in place, there's always going to be some amount of time that your staff's going to have to spend managing through the exceptions. And so that's why Envoice Pay Solution isn't just software. And really, you can't solve the AP problem with just software. You have to have a good set of comprehensive services to handle and manage and support those exceptions. So when a company decides to take on a solution, why is it important that an AP solution be easy to implement and deploy? Well, I've worked in accounts payable. I've spent years in accounting and finance teams. Um, kind of the number one rule that, that, that I've always seen prevail is change is bad. <laughs> you never want to disrupt the current process, right? It causes people to spend time figuring new things out, having to change the way they do things. And so status quo was always preferable when you look and, and talk to the actual teams. The other part of it is most software projects that you have in the back office, especially around finance and accounting, when, a, when, when you ask a CFO what the typical implementation of any kind of automation is automation software is in their department, they're going to guess it's six to nine months. And so a lot of times they don't even move forward with a project just because of such a long duration, such a big commitment on their teams and a big burden on their teams. Plus it's going to involve usually some level of IT, um, which they're going to have to find the IT resources and time to get because IT doesn't necessarily support AP as much as they should. And so for those reasons, it if you can find a payment automation solution that's easy to deploy, that's built around your systems and around your processes and your workflows and can have little to no impact to your teams or then have a need for IT, then you're going to have a lot more success in, in adoption and getting that automated, automated solution in place. Invoice Pay saw quite a lot of growth over the past year. Do you think the competition has seen the same growth? I would say in the, in the time of COVID, any kind of AP automation, back office automation provider is seeing great growth. We're seeing above and beyond what our competitors see because we've really gone about solving the real problems um, and understanding what those problems are. And I mentioned earlier about having the comprehensive services in addition to the automated automation software. A lot of our competitors just want to do the software and they don't want to take on the burden of the services. So while they experience growth and while people do see value in just the software, they're not solving the full problem. The other thing is a lot of the solution providers aren't necessarily helping enable you to pay your bills electronically. They're mostly focused on just trying to pay whatever amount of the, your bills they can on virtual card and continuing to pay by check. 
they don't make a lot of money paying by ACH, so they're less focused on having electronic enablement. With invoice pay, the, we've found the real problem in AP and the real challenge for AP is getting vendors set up on ACH, getting them paid by ACH and managing that, managing the exceptions on ACH, and then updating the information in a secured, controlled way so that you can avoid the, the payment fraud associated with ACH. And so we've really experienced unprecedented growth because people have seen that in our solution. Our competitors have experienced unprecedented growth as well because of the age of COVID and the need for remote work. But we have a feeling our, our solution will continue to prevail and we'll continue to see that growth because we're really trying to solve the AP problems and the problems most companies have with B2B payments where others are just kind of riding the wave of, of technology and, and automation um, in, in a time of crisis. With innovations like real-time payments and new single-day processing for international payments, we see a lot of focus on payment speed. How important is that? And is there risk involved there? The network can okay. always create more efficiencies. And we saw that even with Notch's introduction of the ACH payment, right? The, the network and the banks and the financial institutions kind of Notch and network, they can always create more efficiencies, more real-time payments they can always create more controls within their network. But the reality is what's really important are the internal controls and processes outside of those banking networks. That's where the real risk comes in and that often gets forgotten. So just because there's different payment rails or different payment methods or the banks put in new controls doesn't mean you don't have these AP and AR processes outside of the network. So the AP team's managing the bank information the AR team or the vendor email compromise we talked about earlier. Really to solve the problem, you have you can't just look within this closed loop banking network. You really have to look outside to the companies that are actually transacting through that network and the work they're doing to feed those payments through the system. That's where a lot of the exposure and risk comes in is in their internal processes and in their internal control. And so until you have a solution that helps them and protects them or takes the full responsibility off their shoulders, it's not going to be a full solution and there's always going to be an increased risk. Deloitte did a study when real-time payments was first released in the UK. They saw a tripling in, in, in B2B payment fraud. So what the, the payment fraud they'd see on ACH, as soon as they introduced the real-time payment network, there was a tripling in B2B payment fraud because it was faster. And same thing from check to ACH. We're seeing that increase in ACH fraud because it was faster, it gave companies less time to recover those payments. So faster isn't always better. Now, now, now it's on the burden of the companies to do a better job of verifying and validating payment information and who they're paying and how much and everything before it ever enters the network. So a different payment rail or a different payment mechanism in a banking network doesn't always take the burden and usually puts more burden on the shoulders of the AP teams making those payments. That was Josh Cyphers, president of Invoice Pay. And this has been the first episode of FinTech in Focus. It takes a team to produce this podcast. Our team includes Alyssa Callahan, Jason Christofferson, Michelle Lee, Brad Loader, Danielle Crow, and Aaron Schiller. Our next episode comes out in two weeks. Look out for it. And if you have any feedback or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at podcast at invoicepay.com. That's podcast at N-V-O-I-C-E-P-A-Y dot com. For FinTech in Focus, I'm Ron Nachman. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.